Welcome to a thrilling episode of Two Guys What Work in the Cinema. Um, did you not write? Did you not write one of your I, witty I intros this month? I didn't month? have a witty intro. Let I thought about something like maybe like I'd, I'd each of us would be you know something from one of the films like maybe I'm trying to cover up a murder. <laughs> You're you've forgotten where you put some art. <laughs> And Bob has done something terrible while under the influence of antidepressants. Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> all, all three sound like you, to be honest. Bob, you can be any, <laughs> yeah. any one of those three. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this the month... The um, month of thrillers, talking about Red Dawn, Stoker, <laughs> Identity Thief. Oh wait, Mark hasn't seen any of those films. <laughs> no, because um, I don't watch shit. <laughs> Although Stoker, I did want to see. Yeah, Stoker was, um, shit. It was really good. But you feel free, you know, don't let me stop you talking about it. It's good. It's like an accessible art house film for me. That's all I can be bothered to say about it. I'll give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. A 9 out of 10 incest film. <laughs> that would have been Alvin's little one-line synopsis. So yeah, so what we'll actually be discussing this month, um, arbitrage, side effects, trance... Welcome to the punch. Welcome to the punch, which I'd completely forgotten about. <laughs> Perhaps there's reasons for yeah, that. Yeah, it's a forgettable we'll film. Why. <laughs> Um, as we progress. So yeah, it's going to be a twisty, turny ride. <laughs> oh, they're getting worse. They're getting worse. Every month Every it gets month worse. Every month you. I don't know. I need to start writing them. Go home, to... sit down with a pen and paper. Oh, I've got oh, a text. Phone's off, eh? <laughs> He's got a text. It's, um... this, is, this is from Jason. It's important. <laughs> What's he saying? Come on. He's saying, where's the fucking painting, Stuart? He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to flog me his phone. <laughs> like, fuck off. What does it say? From what you said yesterday, were you suggesting you'd want to buy my phone? It's like, no, mate, you didn't really sell it to me. <laughs> Telling me how broken it is. Doesn't he have the same phone as you? Yeah, he's got the one up. Yeah. Are we still recording? Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is a better intro. This is the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to buy his phone? Yeah. This is a we'll, Yeah, we'll buy Jason's phone. <laughs> Find out on our thrilling instalment of Two Guys <laughs> While Working in Cinema. <laughs> A bit rage. <laughs> a bit rage, yeah. <laughs> I thought oh, that'll be one that people come up with and no idea how to pronounce, but just no one went to see it, so I <laughs> didn't have that problem with it. <laughs> Arbitrage is what we're talking is the about. Correct Obviously. Cool. We uh, we've stopped. We've been forgetting to actually say what the films are about, haven't we? We have. Before, uh, so, do you want to synopsisize? It's about a businessman, a successful businessman, who at the start appears to have, you know, everything. He's got mm. strong fam- a strong marriage, good family. His kids are following in his footsteps and working their way up in his business. And his business is about to be sold or merged with yeah. another company for a lot of money. So he's about to make a load of money. Uh, and then you quickly find out that everything is not as it seems. He's having an affair. He's got a mistress. And the business is using the merger to hide big financial losses. Yeah. Time is running out. How long he's got to keep it all secret? Mm. And then he kills his mistress in a car accident. And then it's about him trying to get away with that, yeah. get away with the business deal, and it all piling up on him. Yeah, and it's sounds like I've just given on the whole film, but yeah. that's like the first <laughs> twenty minutes or so. Half yeah, an hour. I mean that is basically it. it. We've kind of made a decision this month. We're not gonna we're gonna try not, not to, to yeah, give away spoil the, the films because they're all films. I think. Well, no, fuck it. They're all films. I think people should watch this month. Yeah, definitely. And I don't want to spoil anything. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> 
Welcome to the punch. We'll get nah. to that. We'll get to that. You missed that one. Um, uh, yeah, so we don't we don't want to don't want to ruin anything. But we'll we'll have like coded coded little <laughs> messages for people that have seen. They go, oh, see what they see what they mean. Um, but yeah, I it it is a really interesting thing because like I think you said it. It's it's kind of he is this guy that is used to talking his way out of things, and when it comes to, in terms of business. Mm. like he's sort of got there's that scene where he's borrowed this money to make it look like his company's sort of in a good financial state yeah. and the guys want the money back and he's like just really you can but you can kind of see that mask slipping already when he's trying to talk his way to keeping that money and keep hold of it and that's before anything bad happens <laughs> and then obviously yeah. you know he kills this woman not, Look, deli- not deliberately killer, does he? it's there's an accident, accident and he just sort of leaves the body though yeah you see he commits a real like a real crime yes and what I thought was quite interesting is seeing him sort of he's talk his way out of these financial mm-hmm. de- wheelings and dealings, but when he's actually committed a real crime and there's actual police who are actually onto him about it, he's it's a lot more. Well, difficult he, is, he's, to he has to... committed a real crime, but a, 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 yeah, he's, he, obviously he's committing fraud what at they the call same it, like, time. White collar crime, just yeah. like business fraud, and it's all it's this is the, something that's in the film. It's like he's doing these dodgy dealings, but no one really knows because no one really looks, and when people do look, they turn a blind eye to it mm-hmm. it's all cause it's kind of not allowed but there's just not policed in the same way that an actual crime no, is no it's not and uh, that's that's part of the film like when you know oh, what's the name of the guy who plays the police officer uh, Tim, Tim Roth. Roth yeah you know when he's interviewing him and grilling him and breathing down his neck you can feel the the fucking heat because he you know you think he doesn't really know what he's doing now yeah. he's in territory that he's not comfortable with yeah and uh there's that sort of tensions like and that and that's the thing you you know all the way through that Tim Roth knows fine yeah. well that he was there and that he did it and it's kind of how he tries to prove it and there's some great scenes between them yeah definitely and and some of the sort of methods that he is he's sort of forced to resort to is really interesting and yeah but I, I, there's only so little you can say without giving away the yeah. ending I mean that's, that's probably quite I didn't really think about that before I forgot that aspect of it where Tim Woff say some of the things he does to yeah. try and catch Richard Gears probably sort of there's a comparison to be made there between you know bending and breaking the rules to catch a criminal yeah and the fact that he's bending and breaking the rules within his business to get things done. In one sense, yeah, it's okay it's to true. do that and there's no consequences for that in the business world. Because like you see, the business world isn't regimentally policed. It's or, almost... I don't know. I, I, this is one thing with arbitrage. Like I didn't really understand the point of it. Like, mm. like I came away, really enjoyed it and I liked yeah. it, but I was like, I need to watch that again because I just... I don't feel well, like I, I, I quite got got it entirely. Yeah, um, I've watched it twice, and I think ugh, it's hard to put this with it. Maybe maybe the point of it is that you know it's almost excusable it to, be, to yeah. be a bit corrupt and because I the, the way I world. see it is that it's that you know basically it's all well and good being corrupt in the business world as long as you get away with it. Yeah, because you look at stuff like Enron, you look at H Boss, you know all all these things. It's only when they fuck everything up that police get involved that you know because it's like oh you blew it but if you can you know like do these deals and sort of lie to people it's and all good commit fraud and get away with it and everything's fine you sell your company you make the money then fine yeah that could uh, that could well be the point but did you because I watched on film 2013 I remember them sort of raving about it I think it's Claudia Winkleman said uh, it's interesting to see a film where the bad guy the main character has done something really bad and mm-hmm. you sort of want him to get away with it but I don't think I did want him to get away with it I wanted him to get caught I wanted I, I wanted him to, he's not a particularly likable character no but he's you, not you don't judge him you don't like no. condemn him but it's just something I don't know maybe it's just a, <laughs> just because it's quite you know um, it's quite topical I suppose recently with it is yeah definitely business corruption and stuff that's going on in the news but I think I wanted him to get caught more about the business than I did the, the car 
Because at least in a weird way, the car accident was not his fault. He didn't mean to yeah, do it. He, he did the wrong thing afterwards. Away, yeah. yeah. But the business thing, I was like, oh. <laughs> I just wanted him <laughs> yeah. to get caught and I wanted his business to collapse and I wanted him to lose everything. Yeah. I was not rooting for him in that sense. No, I wasn't. Because, like you say, I, I didn't find him a particularly likable. I think mean, definitely a, a character that, you know, you're engaged with and that, you know, really kind of yeah. pulls you in and, and holds your attention. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't find him a particularly sympathetic character, really. No. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't really necessarily want him to get away with it. Cause, and, and Richard Gere exploits people, doesn't he? And he yes. starts exploiting the guy who picks him up from the... Yeah, this, the it's, he's like a, the son of like an old friend or something. Yeah, because um, he starts getting pinned on him. Yeah, he you don't want him to get in trouble. He's like Richard Gere. And it's that, that kind of it's also it's that kind of thing that like his character kind of thinks money will just solve everything. Yeah, because well Sorry, here's, a, here's a trust fund. You're gonna just look out for me and sort of just say you know you were there and all this kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and it's fine if you go to jail. Fair enough. <laughs> You've got all this money waiting for you, so that's fine. The end. The end shot really reminded me of Michael Clayton. Have you seen? Michael I've Clayton? not. I. I haven't seen it all there's, the way through. There's a shot at the end where you get the big emotional climax of the yeah. film or, you know, the big... It's a really fulfilling, rewarding okay. climax. And then the last shot is he just gets into the back of a taxi and just get like a long shot of him in the taxi looking at George Clooney's face. And it's just this stunning shot. You're just left to think and contemplate about everything mm. that's happening. I don't understand the shot, but I love it. And Arbitrage, the end shot reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, it was it's just this electric. long... Yeah, yeah, this one long take. Uh, it's just really beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. And it's so... What, what does that mean exactly? I just... You know it's supposed to mean yeah. something and it just ends quite abruptly and it's like, whoa, what was that all about? I think it's it's all the things that he's had to do to get to that point, I guess. Without... I mean, it's, it's, this, it's a really good kind of shot. Like, it's, like, oh, it's, yeah. kind of, it's not often that just a shot and how it's filmed and the way it's filmed makes you start to think about mm. what it means. It's not often that just a, a shot can do that. I think that's a sign of a really good or well-made well-made film. Interesting film, yeah. Mm. So yeah, so, yeah. arbitrage is good. Yeah, and I'm going to go into Richard Gere's back catalogue. <laughs> Not oh. like a not like a gerbil or a hamster <laughs> or anything. Side effects. Side effects. Steven Soderbergh's last well, last cinematic film for the time being. For the time it's being. Hiatus. Because uh, he's because he's got the Liberace biopic, which is too gay, too gay for Hollywood apparently. Um, which is gonna be on HBO at some point this year. He's quite a prolific filmmaker, he does yes. like two a year. Two almost, a year, yeah. And deserves a break. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Just don't make it too long a break, because well, yeah, I well, fucking love side effects. Yeah, definitely. Um, if side effects is anything to go by, I was just like, oh, I can't wait for his. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cracking film. I was just say what it's about. Rooney Mara. Yeah. Uh, she's on antidepressants, this mm-hmm. new sort of drug. Yeah, because her husband's been in. Inj- funny enough, for white collar crime. Hey. hey. It's all linked. It's all linked. <laughs> Um, for insider trading, uh, yeah. so he's been locked up. Uh, he gets out of prison, and she's on sort of depressed and trying to readjust. Yeah. So she gets put on these antidepressants, and then she does something mm. as a, as a result of the side effects of this drug that she's on. And yeah. it's about Jude Law, who prescribed her the drug, sort of proving that he wasn't responsible for yeah. what she's done. He hasn't. There's no case. There's no malpractice. He was. Yeah. And it's about him sort of proving his innocence, but yeah, there's twists and turns. Well, this this is the thing I I found quite interesting about it before I watched it because I'm reading um, Ben Goldacre's Bad Pharma at the moment, which is just which is about sort of drug industry and, and stuff like that. And there's a bit in that first chapter where he talks about how doctors, for the most part, aren't at fault. They've read all the the publicity material, mm. they've talked with the patient, and you know certain side effects are kept hidden. 
And I was like, oh, maybe that that's what it's going to be about. But it, it starts off like that, but then it completely shifts in different directions and becomes about like a lot of other a lot of other things but at the same time that kind of medicate everything and kind of yeah i mean like it's i don't know if the money involved in the sort of the drug businesses and it's it's not as touched on as much as i would have liked but well this is the thing i don't know soderbergh set out to like it doesn't seem like he's really making a statement no he's just just, making like a really good thriller but 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 just touching on it and Mm -hmm. i guess what how you feel about it depends on whatever you sort of feel because there's that line in he says about mental health care in america Mm -hmm. jude law says in england if you're on if you're getting therapy yeah you're seen to be ill in america you're seen to be getting Getting better better, but there is that thing like you watch tv and even if it's just like curb your enthusiasm everyone seems to have a therapist (laughs) in in at least in la like almost like it's hip it's like a hip thing to have you have to have a therapist Mm -hmm. and have people just been brainwashed is the pharmaceutical industry so sort of they've got so much influence on politics that yeah. it's just become this thing that everyone has to be on some sort of medication and side effects to me definitely seem to be suggesting that people are just too readily put on yeah. drugs because that people are taking this medication there's a bit where Rooney Mara's on this drug and she's being sick at the toilet yeah. and her colleague comes oh you should come you should take this drug I'm yeah. on it it's so great. she goes and I say well okay well maybe not this drug we should put you on this drug because that'll cancel this side effect yeah. and then, and it's like what it, she goes <laughs> to the, her doctor and says I, I, my friend recommended this yeah. so I want to go on this and he's like okay then yeah I mean let, letting patients sort of decide what drugs they're on yeah They've got incentives to put patients yes. on certain drugs because of clinical yeah. trials, financial rewards, or you know, or no costs or anything. It's just it all just seems too. It's just like an air of corruption about it. Something that's oh, definitely. not quite ethical and not read quite that book. right. Yeah, <laughs> I do really want to read that book. But um, it, but like you say, the film's just a really good thriller and it's very much about characters. It doesn't have this really obvious overarching theme, but it, it's it's there. And it, I think if it's something you think about yeah. already it's something you're going to take from the film definitely because um, that's kind of what I took about from it there's some excellent performances in there yeah like really yeah. good and I don't normally take too well to Jude Law I've not found I thought he really was really likeable, good in it but he was great in it just kind of how his whole world's kind of just shattered yeah another um, good role from Channing Tatum as well keeping yeah. up string of decent films well, along, along with his G.I. Joes and well speaking of G.I. Joe to just go off on a brief tangent um, did like I was reading this weekend that G.I. Joe is Bruce Willis's um, highest grossing opening weekend ever really and it's Channing wow. Tatum's third I think it is third so Channing Tatum has had two wow two bigger sort of opening weekends than Bruce fucking Willis wow just goes to show what a star he is <laughs> Which is crazy because it's only really last year that he really kind of because he was a bit of a joke for a while years, and then yeah. it's kind of gone into the mainstream with some really good roles and guess two, two of them being inside of yeah films. Magic three, Mike. Oh, no Haywire was one of the films he did that but I think wasn't really... garnered him a bit of attention as yeah. an actor but it was it mainly Magic Mike and now side effects yeah. for so yeah three Soderbergh films he's done yeah and uh, Rooney Mara who. I hadn't seen anything of her since Girl with Dragon Tattoo, no. which was fantastic and almost unrecognisable. I forget how yeah. transformed she is in Girl with Dragon Tattoo. Definitely. Uh, but she's fantastic in it. I'd like to see a lot really more good. stuff from her. Even Catherine Zeta-Jones yeah, she's quite good is it. quite good in it. Like, um, quite a minute. Another Soderbergh favourite. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a really good film. It's kind of... I, I, there's kind of... It felt a bit like... Is it written by the same guy that wrote Contagion? Scott... because yeah, I remember looking forward to it because yeah. Contagion touched upon... Like, a Jude Lord's character in that was sort yeah. of um, involved in medication and yeah. sort of... But he was very much... Was he Was he anti-medication? He was speaking I out think against... He was a reporter. 
Tesla, wasn't he? he was, well, he was like a, an online blogger. Yeah. Yeah, he and he was kind of pushing... Like conspiracy theories. Was he not pushing a placebo or something? Or yeah, he was, yeah. Or something right. like that. And you always remember, well, well, was he right or was yeah. he wrong? You never know. That, you know, he sort of represented that sort of mistrust in the mm-hmm. pharmaceutical industry. And I really liked that uh, his character in that only as well. And I thought side effects might take that to another step. Yeah, and it's a different side of it, really. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a, I guess, a more personal story. Because Contagion's quite a global... Got quite sort of global wide-reaching scope mm. for his con- um, side effects. Although, obviously, the whole drug industry aspect does have sort of, yeah, does reach out but it's, it's quite a contained... that's what I loved about side effects yeah. it's, it's very much like this at the start of a, you know, a statement on the pharmaceutical industry yeah. but then it becomes almost about the justice system yeah yeah, you and know, then it becomes law and, about but money. At the same time, just, yeah, but at the same time, it's also just a fantastic mm. thriller with really engaging characters. See, if you don't care about any of yeah. those those wider issues, you're, you're looking at a really, really good, good sort yeah. of classic Hitchcockian style mm. thriller. Almost, it's just absolutely fantastic. It's quite funny to talk about Hitchcock actually, because that opening shot of the windows did kind of remind me of North by Northwest and, and Rear Window a little bit. It was just like, oh, it's quite nice. And obviously, <laughs> he kind of opens and closes closes with that, which was great. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not like typical to. Say it's not flashy films because no. I guess he's so prolific because he just does films quickly and mm-hmm. efficiently and he's not really showy about it but well, it's good I like it a lot it's the best film I've seen this year so far I think Definitely, yeah. I would say it's definitely one of the best films I've seen this I'll year. I'll be well. really, I'll be really happy if it's not in my top ten because that I mean it would be a fucking good year for films if that doesn't make it into my top ten of the year. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I really like. Join it. us. In January to find out. Join us in nine months' time <laughs> to find out. So, yeah, side effects. Yeah. Crack the film. Welcome to the punch. punch. He doesn't say that at any point in the film. I want it to call it that because that's something the film's got none of. Punch. So they call it Welcome to the Boring. <laughs> I can't believe you liked it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's not a brilliant film, but for no, me... it's not. It's not even a good film. It's not even a mediocre... No, it is. It's not terrible. It's not I just terrible. I thought it was just well, I, bland. There's, there's a lot of things I liked about it, and it's not necessarily, you know, the plot line, I think... Say what it's about. It's about yeah, it's about a, a, a cop. A cop a trying to catch a crook. Basically, is it? pretty much. But there's like a bit more of a, a story to yeah, it. Yeah, the, the, the crooks left the country. And his son gets involved in some dodgy deal. And he has and to he come back. ends up getting shot. And all the cops are after him. Yeah. And James McAvoy got shot in the knee by him yeah. a long time ago. So he's got a personal vendetta. Mm-hmm. So it wants to catch him, he's got personal... So it, it was kind of promoted as like, oh, it's like a British heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's not, <laughs> for so many reasons. Um, but what I found quite refreshing about it was that it doesn't... You know how, like, say The Sweeney? Yeah. Right? It's like an action film. Yeah, it's set in London. It. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah. Older listeners may remember <laughs> Stuart's <laughs> opinions on The Sweeney. Um, but it's, you know, like... Brit- I, I always find that like, sort of British crime and action films, they've always got this kind of... This horrible, grey, grimy tinge to it. Whereas this had the turquoise and orange of a proper Hollywood action film. <laughs> And it, you know, yeah. it, it it made it, it kind of it didn't feel like London, which was it was which was quite refreshing to see in a British film. 
Yeah. It so kind of yeah. gave it like a proper Hollywood kind of sheen to yeah, it. Yeah, when you talk talking about the, the colour palette, but yeah, yeah. it looked quite pretty. And, mm-hmm. and it, the way it was shot looked really expensive. Like, yeah, the budget, look, you it know. It looked like they put a lot of money the, into the it. The settings and things. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it does look quite beautiful. It doesn't look like a sort of that sort of cheap but expensive British film like Sweeney mm-hmm. had. So, yeah, you know, I'm not knocking the sort of <laughs> colour palette of it, but it's just. It is very much like the Sweeney for me. Like, it reminded me a lot of it. We'll get into that a bit later. But I think, you know, the, for me, the, the problems I had with it is that the, the script needed at least another rewrite. There's some really ropey dialogue yeah. in there. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Maybe, it's just it is so forgettable. Yeah. A really forgettable script. Um, and there was there were scenes where... Because this is one of the things I had. There's just no, for lack of a better, punch. There's, it, there are scenes where... <laughs> You know, like the politicians talking to the journalists mm-hmm. and what they're talking about should be quite, you know, like... You can imagine anything like... Uh, you know the scenes in Argo where the politicians are walking down the corridor talking? Yeah, yeah. There's a similar shot in this where politicians walking along talking to... There's just no... It's not, you know, biting, it's not tense, you're not like, oh, what they're talking about is really important. Yeah. It's just bland, It's quite boring. pedestrian. And, and it's then nice... the next scene, you go, what were they talking about in that last scene? I didn't actually... It's only when you read a page of a book and you just read the whole page and go, I didn't actually take any yeah. of that in because was, I wasn't paying attention. Mm. It's like that. It's just really... Ugh, mm. For me. As, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, that the, 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 the dialogue was forgettable and ropey and James McAvoy... I don't... I, I didn't really. I think they they could have done with an older actor. Yeah. I didn't really believe. I just didn't really believe the kind of like he's been. He was like because he was quite young. That was the whole story, wasn't it? That they pushed him in to catch this guy because they knew he never would in the end, really. Cause, and because he was like a young, ex- yeah, that's inexperienced what you're told, cop. But you don't really it's get like, any feeling. You no, don't you don't really kind of believe that. that. And he doesn't embody the character really. He doesn't no, embody everything the character's going through and. And there was potential for the character to be quite, you know, the whole being wounded, having yeah, to inject. Yeah, and being this sort of bitter hoot cop who's kind of now just, he's lost his passion for the job and, and stuff. And he's got to constantly remove the fluid from his yeah. leg because his wound's never like, properly yeah. healed by and the look like of that. it. And this constant reminding yeah. of his failure. And you know, it could be a really just, rich yeah. character and, and it's don't, not. Yeah. And you're right, I guess the script needed to sort of be tightened up and... and all the characters needed to you know, make it a bit more three-dimensional. Yeah, definitely. But then so. the actors could have done a bit more to embody the characters. Well, the actors, it's such a it's such a fucking who's who of British actors at the moment. Like, you know, Daniel Mays, David Morrissey, Peter Mullen, for God's sake. I love Peter Mullen. Mm. Um, Mark Strong. There's so many recognisable people There's no, there's no incompetent So many really good actors. And, and I think maybe that's what it is, that if... If that had been like a sort of unknown cast, I would have been like, this is diabolical. But you've got such good actors in there that lends it credibility and visually it looks good. It's just, it's only when you start to chip away at the plot and the yeah. script, like, I don't actually, it's just, it all it's, kind of falls apart. It's, yeah, but that for me, that's part of what makes it disappointing because you've got so many high calibre actors and there's no incompetent performances, no, but not it's just all. you expect more from those actors. But then normally those actors would have, should have decent parts decent scripts, that they yeah, can or, really sink yeah. their teeth into. They probably try their hardest, but it's like I say, with a, with a NAF script, there's not much they can do. No. I think it needed a better director attached to it, I'd imagine. Someone Possibly. that really knows... Take a look at script and go, well, we need to do this, we need to mm. fix this, tighten this up, make it more efficient. Because it is just really, just by the numbers, bit boring. There's nothing really at stake that you care about. No. I mean, the, yeah, really the, main, in the main sort of... of any of the when characters. it takes the... There's sort of like a twist sort of halfway through it. Yeah. Um, is a really good idea, but it's just not really given the the sort of time to develop that you would like it to. I mean that that whole kind of plot about how the, how sort of policing influences the government and how there's a sort of conspiracy at the heart of it is a film in itself. 
But it kind of yeah. comes in halfway, and then just to give yeah. you like a the, the big gunfight at the end. Yeah, really. one of the one of the main that was another thing that bugs me about it because the film's one of the main themes is gun violence. That's yes, running throughout. It's um, there's a guy running for who wants to arm the police because gun crime is yeah, gun crime's got out of control, yeah. and he thinks police all police should be armed yeah. like in the states. And this conspiracy that's at the heart of it, you know, yeah. this idea that politicians are so hell bent on a an, on a policy for ideological reasons yeah. that it's sort of endorsing the crimes that they're running against in order to get it yeah. across if that makes sense. Yeah, kind of. It's hard to explain without actually spoiling what happens in the film. Yeah. But they start doing these terrible things so that they can get their policy put in place. Yes. So they right, start yeah. advocating gun crime basically. Yeah, not endorsing verbally, encouraging but yeah, but, gun crime yeah. in order to yeah, you know, um paying criminals to do these terrible things with guns in order yeah. to create a news story so that they can further their agenda. That sort of thing is actually something that you could make a comparison with. Yeah. It, that is what happens with, not to do with guns, but with other ideologies. Yeah. Well, but the thing, th- but there's no, this subtext is just completely wasted. It's got a really yeah. nice conspiracy at the heart of it. And I was like, actually, that's quite good. But ultimately, the film is actually just a total glamorisation of gun violence. <laughs> slow motion gun battles and everyone just... Yeah. Yeah, Although a bit where Mark gun... Strong runs across the arcade and they go with an <laughs> yeah. assault rifle and he just dodges all the bullets. Yeah. It's like, this is ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. absurd. I mean, and like the Sweeney just, you know, tries to make out like sit in this kind of alternate reality where gun crime is just really bad. Yeah. And its answer to it is to have loads of gun crime. <laughs> yeah, just loads Guns of gun are great. Is have loads of gunfights in public. And it's just a little bit, it shoots itself in the foot almost. So it could have this point. Yeah to it it could show that actually gun crime but it's at odds with the, all, the all these sheer police are running, gun violence yeah, yeah. all these kids all these police are going around with guns in the film it could say something about how violence and gun crime doesn't actually solve the problem of gun crime yeah. having oh, I mean police wouldn't but be a good thing but basically it just kind of goes oh it's a bit bad to have we, we probably shouldn't arm the police although you've just seen like a police detective gun down a bunch of really bad guys like, yeah. actually maybe they should though because he, he, I don't know. He probably would have died, and that whole conspiracy would have. No, it's just like the Sweeney, where where I went. Right, this is stupid because he would have just fucking lost his job. The bit where he takes the gun off the police officer, and he's chasing. He he's seen that the guy he's after. He knows he's been in the hospital. So oh he grabs yeah, yeah. The, he grabs the gun off the SWAT guy, and he's chasing down the corridor. And he goes out into and put, kicks a guy on the ground and yeah. sticks a gun in his face. And it turns out to just be a civilian. It's like that's your career over. <laughs> like it's in the papers. You're fucked. There's no way you'd be working the next day. <laughs> Fucking sticking a gun in a civilian's face. And he's going, I'm sorry, it's not me. And they have to, the girl has to pull him off of him. I was like, bollocks. Yeah. But it wasn't anywhere near as offensive as a it's not, it's, it's not, nothing I, it's really not, rotten at the core not of it. Not at all. And I, I think it, it's a lot of good ideas, a lot of good actors um, that are just kind of let down by the, the one poor stood, script and, yeah. and poor direction. The one really. who stood out the most for me was the guy who's in This Is England. The dad. Yeah, bloody hell. He's, playing he's, another he's, really unpleasant character. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> doing his best to be like really, you know, scary. Menacing, and he is yeah. quite a scary yeah, guy. Yeah, he's I a mean, menacing dude. I feel like if I saw him in the pub, I, I'm sure I would not go, I loved London I just would not speak to that guy because I think he I'm might I'm sure I saw him about, uh, last time I was in London uh, near like the, the Imperial War Museum and I was like oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's him but I don't want to look at him for too long in case he rapes me yeah. <laughs> like if I went to a pub in London and Mark Strong was stood next to me at the bar go, oh I, I love some of your film I love you were great in Body of Lies you know I wouldn't have, yeah. I'd feel like that's because he sometimes played some nice people <laughs> hey, he always plays bad guys doesn't he <laughs> But he, he seems no, he like he'd actually be like a friendly guy. Yeah, I think he, I think but that guy, I would fucking like. Can, <laughs> no. can we go to a different pub? <laughs> that guy's the next one. I'm scared, scaring me. <laughs> 
Um, but that gunfight in the um, in the living room, I thought it, it was quite. It was just really stupid. I don't know who shot first. <laughs> when he gets shot, I was like, how did he get shot? He didn't have his gun out. Yeah. Why did they all? Why didn't they all shoot him as soon as he made a move for his gun? I don't understand how that all kicked off really. But it was quite funny. Stylish. Looks was, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, that's the sort of shot. It was, that sort, it was the sort of thing that, that you know they did in, in Hot Fuzz. But I don't know. Part of me felt oh, it's, a bit, it's a bit nicer done in this. Mm. When it's not like just a whole film of just that one guy. Then, yeah, I mean, but Hot Fuzz is sort of really. I guess this is the kind of film that Hot Fuzz was trying to take the piss out of. That's yeah. Cop movies yeah, that have got a ridiculous, in inordinate <laughs> amount of gun violence in it take themselves really yeah. seriously. It's like he's trying to be like a British bad boys or something. Yeah. People going around shooting up guns in England. It just doesn't happen. No. It's why they have to be sort of set in this sort of alternate reality where, what's it say? Like, Britain's got more violent gun crime than America. I was like, give me a <laughs> fucking break. America's. It's, it's funny you should say like alternate reality because it did kind of feel like this kind of dystopian near future sort of thing for some of it. I kind be, of felt. you got James McAvoy out there patrolling the streets, keeping <laughs> you safe. Up. You are in a dystopian. <laughs> society putting on another English accent yeah I'll get to the weird accent he was doing in trance in a minute but um, because that's not his normal accent no (laughs) Uh, yeah I don't know why he why I mean you just you said this last month just like why just be Scottish just be Scottish it's set in Britain no welcome to the punch it was not bad just Utterly forgettable. But yeah, Ridley Scott, executive producer, I wouldn't expect anything else, to be honest. <laughs> Ridley Scott name attached to it. <laughs> Destined to go down in flames. So, the big film of the month. <laughs> Danny Boyle's latest epic. Something about that 40 minutes long. What's it called? Trance. Trance. Mm. About an art. An art. Somebody who works at an art dealership. <laughs> I don't know what the fucking job title is. Is it a heist? And he he uh, he steals a painting for a criminal. Yeah. Gets knocked out, has amnesia, and he can't remember where he's hidden the painting. I hate when that happens. <laughs> We've all been there, haven't we? Huh? <laughs> so they want to know where he's hidden it, and he wants to help them because he doesn't want them to pull any more of his fingernails out. And uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he can't remember. This <laughs> wakes up. Yeah, it's a broad comedy. <laughs> yeah, so it's a white laugh. Um, so yeah, no, it's got... it's quite a bizarre film, Danny Boyle. It's not one of his normal. Well, it's got. I mean, for me, it had quite a lot of traits from his previous films, like the whole sort of organized crime aspect and the sort of unpleasantness involved in that kind of and like just your normal everyday person being sort of wrapped up in that. It kind of reminded me a bit of Shallow Grave. Where yeah. he's done that a lot better, um, the sort of the fantasy sequences he's done a lot of that in Train Spotting a lot better. Yeah. Uh, the flashbacks and forwards he did a lot better in Slumdog. Basically, what I'm saying is that everything, all these aspects of the it's film, a Danny Boyle film, I think he's done a lot better in in other films. I don't think it was a particularly great Danny Boyle film, really. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really a Danny Boyle fan. There's a lot of his films I haven't seen, but Train Spotting's the only. Well, he's, he's done quite a few. Yeah, and I've only like seen like Ordinary. Um, yeah, Sunshine. I've seen that. I that was crap. Train Spotting's the only one that I've really enjoyed, but I haven't seen Sunshine. I haven't seen 127 Hours. Mm. But stuff like 28 Days Later, I didn't like. And after God, when that I was, was him, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah, I, I see that, and he gets hailed as like the pinnacle of British filmmaking. I think. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's not zombies in it. They're not zombies though. They're just angry people. I have nothing against zombies and all zombie films it's not because of that it's just because I thought it was a shit film because it's set in London Britain you, you play the Sweeney 
Yeah, he fucking hates London. Maybe so. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of films set in London that I like. Yeah. <laughs> Love on him in a bay. Alright. There you go. Yeah, um I mean I didn't dislike Chance to say is oh, I was say there's things I liked about it, things I didn't like, but it's not that like I didn't like them, it's just things that are just a bit problematic for me. Stop me from really mm. I mean I, the main thing I kinda had with it I mean it, it's a thriller, um and you know, there's the, the sort of plot twists towards the end. Plot twists that I saw coming from about ten, fifteen minutes into the film, you know, and they're yeah. kind of the way they're shot and the way it's all kind of presented to you, it's like, Oh, this is a big surprise. It's like not really. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's not like uh, where side effects has plot twists. You know, yeah. things are going along and then it changes, and you think, oh, everything. You know, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. This coming. is just a bit of a mess because it's about hypnosis, and it's constantly like you have a big scene, and then oh no, that he was just dreaming that, or yeah. you, uh, oh actually that was always under hypnosis, or you know, and then something will happen which changed the whole film, and you've oh, and you think you've understood a character, and they've. That you know you've watched a film that you think you understand them and you relate to them or empathise with them and then actually no they're not the character you thought they were and it it just keeps doing it every scene has a bloody twist or a turn or something and you just I personally just stop caring about things like that yeah I mean I know I I can kind of understand it doesn't take much why like, it does that it doesn't take much for me to sort of lose interest when you do that because yeah. I remember Hero that Jet Li oh, sort right, of crouching yeah. tiger type, type thing I didn't like it because that is basically three stories isn't it yeah and yet after the first time actually none of that happened it happened like this and then the second time they did it, it went well I don't care anymore you pissed me off you fucking hit Rashomon then I haven't seen that but it just fucks me off it's like why Why am I watching this shit when you I keep think, saying actually that didn't happen you're not real I think that Rashomon reference is the most um, highbrow joke we've ever done I don't even know <laughs> what it is no, well there we go gone way over my head <laughs> if, if you did laugh at that well done <laughs> give, give yourself a pat on the back for laughing at my my classy jokes, um, but yeah, yeah, just I just by the end sort of lost interest in it. And you know, I called one of the twists mm. in it quite early on in the film. I thought, yeah. oh, this this is what's happening. And then, as testament to how convoluted the plot is, we get into like the last five minutes of the film. I thought, oh no, I, I was wrong because everything's yeah. ramping up now, and what I thought hasn't panned out. But then it did. Right at the end, they just <laughs> cram another little twist yeah. in. I was like, oh, so I was fucking right. This is weird. And then they try to inception it. And it's just like, yeah, the inception end is like, oh, will he? Won't he? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I yeah. really don't care. It's of little consequence to me what he does or not. Yeah, it is a bit of a muddle. Um, yeah, but it, it's ambitious. I don't know if Compared it is. To it's normal sort of. Could have been a bog standard normal film, but it tries to do all these, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I like, I can imagine someone coming away from it loving it, going, oh, there's so much subtext in it. It's all about you know how how love. It's about love and mm. how love is like hypnosis, and you become a different person and you do different things that you wouldn't normally do when you're in love. It can change. Yeah. It. It's like being under a spell. You can get all that sort of from mm, it, and the way true. it's shot, the way it's structured, could be like you know the mind is a maze and it can be manipulated and puzzled. You know, it's something about the structure. I'm sure there's all this bullshit that you could read into it. You could write essays about yeah. it. It seems like a film that's actually got a bit of substance to it, and it whether you know it pulled it all off that well, but it seems like it's at least attempted to do something yeah. and elevate itself to a I suppose a yeah. higher level of just rather than just be a bog standard. Ambitious were, what, wasn't the word I was ne- I'd necessarily use, but I know what yeah. I, yeah, 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 I take yeah. I'd he was trying to do something. And there were some beautiful moments in it. I think there's a shot where she's explaining sort of there's a whole load of exposition in the car near the end where she's explained oh, basically God, yeah. what the whole film's yeah based upon. There's a shot that you know it's all about the human mind. You get this 
beautiful shot, bird's eye view of like the uh, the motorways and how they're all linked yeah. together. And it's like you know, like a human brain sort of thing. Brilliant shot. It's just, and there are some nice shots in that. For the most part, it's quite stylishly. Oh yeah, shot. it's a very stylish film, definitely. Um, like Welcome to the Punch, it didn't really feel like a British film. It did feel like kind of like some very stylish yeah. sort of Hollywood kind of thing. And I thought it was quite violent at times. I it could be, yeah. It's a fifteen. Yeah. It, when when it's violent, it's pretty. It doesn't shy away from it at all. It's not so much the violence itself. It's more the kind of the the after effect. Because like yeah. you've got like corpses in yeah. front of you for quite a long sustained period of time. It's, it's graphic. Yeah, and you've got like a half a head and, and stuff. Like well, that. A long time, like yeah. A good talking decent shot for, of yeah. a talking head that's been blown off of a. Yeah, felt a bit Cronenbergy. <laughs> that bit. Yeah. See that's that was an example of one of the scenes though. Like you, you get this really long scene where he's doing something, he's going around shooting people, and then he shoots this guy, and you think, oh my god, he's and you actually he's killing all these yeah. characters, and it's a big. And but then one of like, them stands up talking with Arthur Zebra, and I'm like, oh, it's all a dream. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that little Britain sketch. It's like, and you're back in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Like I don't know a lot about hypnosis. <laughs> Is it a factual thing or is it kind of thing? I don't know. I, don't, I, I really don't know. Because I've always been a bit sceptical about hypnosis. I don't know if it's actually... But so you mean, can just go, okay, you just take a seat. We're going to do hypnosis. You're under, by the way, already. We're already you're already <laughs> yeah. hypnotised. She just hypnotises them like that. Yeah. She just says, think of a... Close your eyes. Okay. Think of a place. <laughs> think of a, a room. You've got the keys in your hand. And he, apparently he's under and he's going along with everything. She yeah. just hypnotises them immediately. I don't really... Mm. Yeah, because I mean, I was watching it, and I was like, "God, hypnosis has come a long way since like getting a man to eat an onion like an apple on stage." Because when I was growing up, that was a call you see, like on the Generation Game or something. They'd be like, "Oh, we've got you know, we've got a hypnosis," and it's like, "Right, uh, you're under, and this is a lovely juicy apple. It's just a boy eating an onion." That's how, what I grew up watching as hypnosis. Yeah, I remember Paul McKenna. Paul McKenna just yeah, making people do it. weird just shit on stage. Weird shit on stage. That's all it was. But then he realised it's probably all fake. Yeah. None of it was real. But yeah, I know mean, it's I liked parts of it. I wouldn't necessarily watch it again, maybe for no. the nudity, but no. <laughs> yeah, the full frontal nudity. Twice on two weeks. Twice. Who <laughs> so, uh, you fifteen year olds out there, grab your grab your passports <laughs> yeah. and your ID. Do bring ID. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, get yourselves down the cinema to watch it. You'll love it. Um <laughs> You know, I said last night I think it, it reminds me of Revolver, Guy Rich's Revolver. Right. So you know, I can imagine it being something, because he's trying to do something a bit different. He's got this body of work, and it's like you said, Guy Ritchie had a certain kind of film. Yeah, and a certain kind and then, of audience. And he tries to do something really new and a bit mm-hmm. more ambitious, intellectually ambitious, and it's but it's still marketed in the same way to the same audience mm-hmm. as his previous films, and it's just instantly dismiss, dismissed as pretentious bollocks. Yeah. And maybe it is pretentious, but you know, when I watched Revolver, I came away thinking... There's something a bit more to that. It was stylishly shot. It had some really good performances and some good ideas. Mm-hmm. I'd like to watch it again, see if I can understand it a bit more, and at least decide then if I watch it again. Maybe it was just pretentious bollocks, or maybe there is actually something a bit yeah. more to it. But generally, everyone just dismissed it as pretentious bollocks, and I can imagine trance kind of being the same. I don't want to go, oh no, it's bollocks. It did this and that, and it, but no, I can. Maybe no, it's not bollocks. It's, it's definitely there. not bollocks. Um... I don't think it's as, it's not going to provoke as strong a reaction as Revolver did, but I wonder if maybe it will sort of, I don't know, amongst his body of work, sort of get dismissed a bit too readily and... Yeah, but yeah, it was alright. Is that all we were going to say about it? <laughs> I was kind of enjoying our talk about hypnotism more than <laughs> talking about the actual film itself, to be honest. Yeah, just talking about, talking about fun hypnotism and making yeah. dumb shit, and you realise 
He's just bringing it down. Yeah. Like, hypnotism shouldn't be about murder. And... It shouldn't be like about like you get over an abusive relationship. No, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she should have done. <laughs> all these gangsters are just like, yeah, you're going to help us get the thing. She should have just made them all eat onions. I remember when Paul McKenna made him say, you can't see the colour red and had him walk in stay up on a plank of red wood across two buckets and they thought they were walking yeah, on air. Right, yeah. Just dumb shit like that. But it's like, surely they wouldn't. Surely they would just see a wooden plank. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people who are colour blind, right? Just because they can't see the red or the green yeah. doesn't mean that if they were standing on, like, say, a red paving slab, they'd be like, oh, my God. Or if you were wearing, like, a red jumper, you wouldn't be naked. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so you can't see the colour red, but, yeah, you just you, see what, so you're seeing through it, you're seeing just floor. <laughs> yeah. You would see something's there. <laughs> yeah, it's probably why it's bollocks. They were actors <laughs> yeah, on stage. Yeah, exactly. It is nonsense. Um, but, yeah, it was... Yeah, we should have had a hypnotist. I did enjoy it, and I sort of admired what it was trying to do Mm. a bit more than I actually enjoyed it. But it just ultimately didn't really engage with it. And yeah, and when it kept twisting and turning, you were supposed to be like, oh, yeah, just no, I I wasn't really caring. I was getting a bit fed up of Danny Boyle, the puppet master, putting on his his strings. Stop trying to manipulate me, Danny Boyle. Yeah, trance was trance was okay. It was just okay. Worth a watch. James McAvoy's a dick in it. So. Better than Welcome to Pine. If you only see one James McAvoy <laughs> yeah, film this yeah. month, watch uh, I Trance. I would say Trance or just, um, Welcome to Punch, definitely, yeah. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about his Scottish accent. Have you oh, yeah, it? I did yeah, say I was going to, yeah. I'd, he's putting on this weird kind of posh Edinburgh accent in it. For- and I was like, the moment he started talking, I was like, that... And it was really distracting for the first. For me, it reminded me. Of... I was like, "What are you doing an art, there?" An art yeah, he's an art. He's an auctioneer, and he's like, "Oh, I, hello." <laughs> for me, like, it what reminded. The f-? It's like you have to take the most expensive uh, piece of art out of the gallery if uh, there's to be any. It's like this is. This isn't James McAvoy. Is it like Ewan McGregor in Star Wars? No, because no, he was just looking at Alec Guinness. <laughs> it reminded me of Sean Connery as James Bond, where he's <laughs> trying to be yeah, he's trying to be more English than he is, but making no bones about the fact he's Scottish. Yeah. Like, it sounds like a little in, bit in between. It is weird. It's like a really posh Edinburgh-based accent. Yeah, don't know why. Just be Scottish, just be a normal... Yeah. Is Danny Boyle Scottish? Yes, he is, I think. Yeah, he's done a lot of Scottish films, so... <laughs> That's what I was thinking. He's like... He doesn't sound Scottish, though, when he has no. got that big an accent. See, from Edinburgh. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Shoots all his fucking films in Glasgow, though. Shallow Grave and Trainspotting, although they're set in Edinburgh, I think about 10% of both films were actually filmed in Edinburgh. Really? It's just, it's just the location stuff. All the all the sets and all that were just in Glasgow. <laughs> God, we've covered all sorts of topics this, this month. Hypnosis, the filmmaking industry in Scotland... They're the gun only two crime, you can remember. Gun crime. <laughs> Rosario, Rosario Dawson's vagina. Anyway. Drugs. Yeah. Alright, let, let Bob <laughs> stop recording, stop listening to stuff. So at the start, um, Jason was offering you his phone. Yep. And we left it there. We well, he wasn't offering me, he wanted to sell me his phone. <laughs> He's offering to sell like, his phone. Sure, do you want my phone? <laughs> And and what's what's the what's the verdict? I said, nah, uh-huh. too poor. What a twist! Didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Truth is, he's actually bought the phone already, <laughs> and he's had it for three days. Whoa! Even inceptioned it. <laughs>
and he'd been dead for a week. <laughs> well, I'd hypnotised Jason, giving him my phone, taking his phone, and now I'm making him sell me back my own phone. That would that would be that would be a and really stupid any, thing. Doesn't make any sense at all. Much like trance. Um, so that was April. No, it wasn't. This is April that we're currently in. Yeah, that, was that was March. March. That was March that comes before April. Missed, I had to miss a lot of films out because uh, I hadn't seen a them. Lot of, you hadn't seen them. <laughs> a lot of films came out that I didn't probably like. Mainly the big ones, GI Joe. Yeah, GI Joe. Although I think I, I do want to watch GI Joe. Film, film of the month for you. Side effects. Yeah, I think definitely film of the year for me. Best film I've seen this year. Well, it's, it's March. But, you know, film of the year, if you want to, yeah. I think the other, do you know the second best film I've seen this that month is probably Stoker. Yeah, I enjoyed, well. enjoyed second I'll hope to, to catch it, probably on DVD, when that comes out. Because um, I love, um, what is it, Park Chan-wick? Something like that. Yeah, he's a great director. Um, and this is his first sort of Hollywood. First, yeah, first sort of Western Considering film. the other director who we were talking about not that long ago did a, the... South Korean director did a bit of Sweet oh, of Life, course, yeah. and then his first Hollywood film was the fucking Last Stand with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and an absolute load of shite. And then, so this guy's actually made something really decent. So this is what you should be doing. Hmm. It's got some good jumpers in it as well. The jumper, the uncle wears. <laughs> if you're into jumpers, watch it just for the <laughs> fashion. Yeah. And the belt. If you want a belt, then you know you need a big ass belt. Fashion is obviously Bob's. Yeah, hey, it's also good for strangling people. Sorry, I can't see the strangling notion. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's been a good month. It has been a good month for films. Um, oh, we've got a Tumblr page now. Got a Tumblr page. Yeah. Two guys work in the I mean, and our Facebook page is still there. Yeah, still. If you there. haven't liked it. Yeah. <laughs> ben, Ben or Jason, if you're listening, I know it's you two are the only people that listen to it. I'm your friend Nikita. Is it? Yeah. Hi, Nikita. Hi. All right. I've never, I've never met you, but. Cheers for listening. This is our three fans. Yeah. So thanks you three for listening. <laughs> See ya. If you want a shout out and you also listen, then make yourself known. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we hope you've enjoyed us this month. Yeah. Um, and we'll see you next month. Hopefully. Bye, Bye Rob. Bye. Bye, then. <laughs> Bye Rob. <laughs>